0: This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Zupan's, which
1: by the way, I urge anyone to be part of their news feed, and EWZ feed. There's not a time that I don't go in there and go, oh, what was their free thing this week? Mm-hmm. And like right this week, it's albacore tuna. I've gotten a free steak before. Yep. I wanna get one too. I mean, we're talking about a real New York steak. Right. Before. Um, uh, sometimes some oranges. So. Whenever you're thinking about saving some money, that's where you got to go Go to the news feed. It's definitely
0: one of those signups that you need to be part of because you're never going to be bothered by it. Yeah, and it's free, good stuff. Also, check out Zoopans.com, which is where you sign up for the news feed for their Cellar Z events taking place at Burnside and Lake Grove, at Burnside in March, Venado Regional Dinner, and at the Lake Grove location in March, Cheese and Wine Pairing Event. So definitely a lot of things going on there. I was at the Lake Grove uh, location not too long ago because I'm lucky, Chris. I go home, I can go by the Burnside. When I'm at home, I'm close to the Lake Grove location. Went out there the other day for some weekend shopping. Really nice older gentleman was bagging up my groceries, and uh, he was double bagging it because I had some heavy stuff, some olive oil and all that. And uh, he uh, double bags it, but he's not quite getting the bags to fit. And finally, he I, I think he just kind of gave up, but he got all my stuff in there. It was packed really nicely. And then he says, pulls me aside. He's like, I'm s-
1: sorry, man. It looks like shit. <laughs> well, here's the thing everything's double bagged yeah. there. So uh, when you walk out, you never have, it's like some of the grocery stores will tell you, watch the handles. Right. And I think, well, what's the purpose of that if I got If you know and- that ahead of time. Right. So and yeah. the, the place out in Manzanita, I'm going to say this. I actually had the guy, he's, they stack it so high, so you have to carry it from below, and I, it was revealed that the, the, the checkout person said, oh, they told us to use as few bags as possible because they cost 17 cents oh. a pop, and I'm like, that really was a negative, negative." and it's the exact opposite of Zupan's where everything they're doing and my experience has been everything they're doing is to make your experience better true, double bagged double bagged whether you're whether it's in the checkout
0: thing or whether you're in the the dairy area and they you've got questions or are you hitting the the butcher block they'll answer all your
1: questions i mentioned before i got a couple of pieces of swordfish first thing he said is do you want these do you want these uh, vacuum sealed for your freezer
0: cuz he knew knew you weren't going to be eating all exactly. of them at once. So that's yep. that's a that's a that's a market going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Three locations: McAdam, Burnside, and Lake Grove, and of course, always zoopans.com. It is Right at the Fork. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast for another week with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food
1: Adventures. And Court Johnson over there from the radio. So glad to be here in our fifth year. Yeah. I still I mention this all the time. I can't believe. Fifth year Right at the Fork. Yeah. And so many things have uh, changed. So many things have not changed. Right. And when we started this podcast, the pop-up, we hadn't even heard of it. Yeah. And uh, well, we may have heard of it, but it had just started. Right there, there weren't both, there weren't 14. very many of them. No, and now there are a lot. And uh, and uh, also along the way, we've met some really cool people, established some friendships in this podcast, and I feel like we did that with Eric Nelson today. Yeah,
0: right? I think the next the next hour that you're going to be listening to this conversation, it's going to speed by. And I didn't keep track of how many times we went completely sideways. Yes. on the conversation, but even those conversations. Or they might even be better than the regular conversation.
1: Well, I don't know what the regular ones are because we don't have a script. True. So we show up here and uh, generally say, let's have a conversation. And uh, it goes the direction it goes. We have a little bit of a blueprint for where we might want to go, what we think people would be curious about. Um, but with Eric of Shipwreck, and he gives us a good idea of what's going on with uh, with his shipwreck pop ups, how they started, what's going on this month. Uh, so this is being released at the end of the month in February on a Wednesday, and this coming week uh, is pretty cool events that they're having at Chilino. And then uh, Eric talked about uh, wanting to get a brick and mortar placed yeah. and in place. And after we turn off the mics, uh, I was really cool. It was really cool conversation. We're we're talking about hopefully doing the opening event when he opens his uh, brick and mortar uh, Portland Food Adventures event.
0: Yeah, something that could be sooner than later,
1: actually. Yes, and sooner's good. Yep. We like sooner. Yeah. But I like the fact that that I thought the conversation was interesting enough. We actually got into talking about books for the first time ever in our fifth year on this podcast. Mm -hmm. We talked about books. That's so embarrassing. But hey, you, you, I was intrigued. You you look forward. You appreciate appreciate living the moment and look forward. Yeah, and that's what we're doing. So, uh, looking forward to this next hour with Eric Nelson of Shipper.
0: Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans. unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupan's Markets, and by... Portland Food Adventures. Join right at the forecoast Chris Angeles for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italian chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact info there. If you love food and
1: travel, these trips are for you. I think my record before this was, uh, and it still stands, was in the fifties of oysters. You did fifty w- oysters. Yeah, but I'll tell you what—they were East Coast and they were bigger That's than disgusting. the ones that we had yesterday. That's too many oysters. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know what is funny? I asked uh, Maylene last night what her what her record was, and when she said, uh, and I told her we would discuss mine, and I'd like to come in and break it someday, and i said mine was like she said wasn't yours like 50 dozen and i said are you kidding you thought it was dozen
2: 50 dozen yeah <laughs> could you imagine that many oysters sloshing around in your body i, I think mean you,
1: i think you would die
2: i mean i think two dozen for me is like when i think about the visual of that
1: that's like, probably that was what limited you was your head well because you don't you know, chew them stomach, right you
2: just swallow them so you got those whole things just I, I
1: like the i like to chew them a little i bit was too, chewing just...
2: some of the bigger ones yesterday those funky ones from Alaska that were super fishy and briny. Did
1: you have any of the Baja? I don't ones? remember. Like I said, they just kept handing oh, me. Oh, you ones. didn't get to see what you were really eating. No, they were just so, giving me ones no one wanted. So I did about three dozen of those, and I, I stopped counting. But I and then I had some of the chowder that they had over on the table. Right, and one of your drinks, it was mezcal base. What did I have
2: uh, last night? You had the. Um, God, mind the boom. Yeah, mine that's right. I said, Give me I need the boom. The mezcal and the Tabasco cocktail. All
1: right, that was nice. But I will tell you this, and I didn't see it last night. I think to and I'm talking to an expert about this. My I went to a few of the shock events right. throughout the week. What I discovered was the perfect accompaniment to oysters. Dirty, martini? A dirty martini. Yeah, of course. It's like it's it was I guess I'd had it before, I know right. I've had that, but I really solidified it the other night when I was sitting at the Nightwood, or standing at the Nightwood, and uh, that was so dirty mar- I
2: look forward, there's this guy, Max, and he's going to do these, um, he's from um, Maine, or Portland, Maine, and he's going to do the shipwreck with us, and he's bringing water from the ocean in, in Portland, Maine, and he makes a dirty martini with a half ounce of the ocean water. Wow. And that's,
1: to me, like... I gotta do... I gotta try that. Is he making a dirty martini that on night? On Tuesday. Yeah, of course. Yeah. On Tuesday. That's coming... Him. Yeah, when is... When is that? That's the 27th of okay. February. Right. All oh, right. We're running this right before that. Right. We'll talk about your... Sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm just telling you that right now. You're, you're doing a Chelino Right. ...at the end of February, which looks pretty cool. It's like a five, four or five day run there. Yeah, four days, five pop-ups. Right. So, but only, I think... Maybe in Portland, Maine, you get this, but only in Portland, Oregon, would you have the opportunity to go have a dirty martini made with Portland Atlantic Ocean water. Right. From Portland, Maine. And and do you think you'd be able to tell the difference? Do you think you would be able to- I don't know. To- you
2: know, he, I had mentioned like, or Benny and him had talked about going out to the Oregon coast to get water. And I was like, well, why fuck with it? If you know that this water in the East coast is what you've been using, like it could be totally off. It could be way saltier or funkier. You know, it wouldn't be the same. Might as well go with what you know.
1: That's really interesting. That it was... Yeah, I I wonder. No one... I've never seen it. Not that no one's ever done it. I've never seen a real comparison other than temperature Uh, and coastline. I don't know.
2: Apparently, this guy used to be a marine biologist, so... Because I was curious about if that's even legal to do health code-wise. Can you serve people ocean water? Yeah. And so...
1: Well, we're you know, we've got it at some point.
2: I've seen pictures of it. It's crystal clear.
1: Right. But you're eating it when you're eating... Oysters, uh, oysters or, or fish see, or yeah. seafood, so. seafood. So that is a really perfect segue because, Court, we're all about the perfect segues here, right? Mm-hmm. It's every episode has to have nine perfect segues. Right. Sometimes but, we fail. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> and the best part about discussing it is, by the time I finish yapping, I right, forget you remember what the segue? Segway was. Right. So, but now that segues into shipwreck is a seafood-based pop-up sure. cocktail pop-up. Right. Why'd you? Why'd you go to? Why'd you go with seafood?
2: Uh, well, I'm from Alaska and in Alaska, we, we eat a certain type of seafood and it's usually things that we don't find here in Portland. I think the Fishwife might be the closest thing to what I'm used to. Um, the fish wife, or there's no Long John Silver's. There's no real skippers here. There's none of that like fast food sort of seafood that I love as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oregon coast might be the closest chance at that. Um, I think Portland is lacking in the kind of drinking seafood that I want to have. Mm-hmm. So that's where the kind of the idea of shipwreck came about. actually came about with a conversation with Derek Hansen from Jacqueline about like what we could we were thinking about ideas to throw out there to kind of trump up some business in the in the restaurant's early days. Um, and that was something that we thought about a Monday fish fry or something like that. And then I started hitting it on the head and started thinking about it more and more, what it is that I wanted. And, and so, that
1: caught on pretty quickly because for me. This the now, and I remember those events you were doing it, Jacqueline. I I didn't go, right? But I remember hearing the a lot reverse. about them.
2: <laughs> line verse yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, line, but but the lines happen pretty quickly, right?
2: Yeah, they come in pretty. I mean, it's it starts off with a bang, and then it usually dies off after a few, a couple I, hours.
1: I'm talking about at The first event, did you did you have a line? Was there? Oh yeah, we didn't even expect
2: it. Like we had no idea it was going to hit that hard. Like we were like, okay, we're going to walk in, probably going to you know sell two, three grand
1: and try to push people to come here right right beforehand please friends come support us right
2: and it ended up that um you know we doubled that the first night and just kept getting busier and busier as we went the second and third night
1: was what's the key to that what's the secret to getting that many people to Um, something new i
2: think that portland loves new i mean i know that portland loves new like you know they love change they love new things. they, they love new and so um i think that that was what it was about and i you know also the fact that you know we hit the Instagram really hard um we hit the uh, Oregon Live we talked to Michael Russell we talked to Eater Willamette Week came in
1: you did all the necessary uh, We did all the necessary talk I mean publicity because I'm
2: I was ex- I'm excited about what we're doing and I believe in it and so I was ready to throw myself out there I wasn't like okay let's just try this and see if maybe it works
1: Right And not only that yeah you went as far as de- developing Really nice logo. Oh yeah, and uh, the uh, uh, branding it. Not many people are branding pop ups. No, right? they just we, do them.
2: We basically we we took a page out of May's book. Okay, Maya Lovelace, and she basically oh, she
1: didn't brand that ahead of time. That well, I well no, but of. she's
2: a she's a pop up. And every week she basically just opens a restaurant. So right. when we did our pop up, like we hit it like a restaurant. We did staff training. We did computer training. We printed menus. Uh, we do lineups every time. Like it's not like just a you know a chef that's that's doing something and tossing out eight courses and talking about the food that he's doing. We're actually trying to build an experience
1: mm-hmm.
2: and an environment. Like I mean, restaurants—that's what you want, right? It's not just about the food; it's about every single thing.
1: Dude, I can't tell you how many times <clears throat> I've said that if I have a really good time at the the com- the company is kind of my doing, right? But uh, here we are in the Portland food world. That's not necessarily always the case. I just went to an event uh, Saturday night at the Nightwood they don't do seated you're not seated right. you have to pick where you're going to choose so that's not always your own doing you have to sit where you're going to sit right but when the vibe is right the music is right the uh the atmosphere is fantastic the service is on it all it all matters you can, the food doesn't the food matters but uh that takes on a different it takes on a different nature when everything I mean, Hitting on all cylinders. The
2: food is the food is great, and it's important. But I mean, I'm I'd be kidding myself if I was going to open a bar pop up with fried seafood, and think that I was going to you know rule over this town on the food. Um, I think our food is fantastic, but I don't think that you know it's the it's the end all be all of dining. Right. And so,
1: is it the end all be all of drinking?
2: Uh, no, man. There's people doing way better drinks than me in Portland.
1: Okay. Um so it's the whole thing for you. You're not gonna you're not gonna hold the banner. And by the way, that's a really nice humble statement coming from a bartender.
2: Oh, I mean there's this town is great. This town is all talent in bars. Mm-hmm. Like we are
1: I think that what some pe- Gary uh-huh s- yep. tells it t- says has said it here that what really differentiates Portland is the is the bar scene here.
2: Our bar scene is phenomenal. I mean, I'm I'm humbled every time like you just said. I'm humbled every time I do a shipwreck and I get to work one of these rad bartenders that I don't get to have their drinks. I, you know, I don't drink, so I don't get to go to their bars and have their drinks, but I get to see them work when I'm working with them. I get to see the different ideas they do, and I'm always fucking blown away. Just the creativity and just the professionalism behind our bar, it's amazing.
1: So, okay. What? <laughs> That's one. I said it. I said well, it. Well, I, but first of all, I have to respect the fact that you cared enough <laughs> not only to write back and make fun of the word amazing, yeah. which we'll use this opportunity, Court, again. Yeah. You can maybe tell us what this amazing thing is all about. Well, it's, it, it more comes from you, Chris, where
0: you realized it was just very much overused. And by drawing attention to it, maybe, hopefully, might cause us. All of us to be a little more creative in in our speech, so uh, it became kind of an unwritten rule at first, and then it became a rule actually when you when you email our guests,
1: right? But the only we're, the the missing component in that, and that's why we're doing this right now, is we should mention it at the top of every podcast that we're going oh, to, you know, sure. just one little line. Don't forget, <laughs> we're not allowed to use the word amazing, yeah, and or the word. You just
2: make up a new word every single time. You can say time. anything else you want. You just can't say that.
1: Yeah, Right. And you you so, know,
0: I, I think you probably would have gotten away without saying amazing because you had just said just before that, talked about how your bartenders are making these amazing drinks, but you're not drinking them.
2: Right. Because right. you don't drink anymore. Well, I taste them all. I just so, don't sit and enjoy them with them. So no, therefore,
1: okay. it's like a bear shitting in the woods. You don't really know. You just, you know.
2: Well, I mean, I taste the drinks. You do taste right. them. I do. T- oh, yeah. I taste them all. I mean, I'm not gonna. I
1: thought you said you weren't drinking.
2: I don't drink. So here's the here's the the difference that I see is that I don't sit at the bar and have cocktails or have beers or have shots with people. Mm-hmm. But I'd be a fool if I was just gonna make a drink and put it out there and I'll be look. like, taste that. Tell kind, me it's kind good.
0: of kind of like a chef in the kitchen not tasting things. Today. Yeah, just like throwing salt on a dish yeah, and I'm, being like, which is actually the way I cook. Is that how you cook? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I make Smells drinks. Good. I just.
1: Kind of smells good, I think. Here I'll you go. I'll just put
2: 10 drinks on a menu and not taste any of them and right. make them day of and well, then just tinker with them.
1: I'm sure there have to be bartenders out there who can't drink at all, who don't drink at there all. There are right? a lot that don't drink at all. Luckily, I'm not one of them. Right. They, so I, that was top of the, you know, first question I had for you is how you how you did that. So you just explained that it's not a hard and fast thing and it's not because, is it because you had a problem? Oh, I had a know? huge problem.
2: I went to rehab. Okay. So to me, it's, it's about not getting drunk. Like if one... But if so I started, you can
1: drink a little without it being, without I can taste. setting you all. I can taste. Okay. And so
2: if, you know, if I do a tasting of like someone brings me in six rums, like I know that I'm probably going to taste two or three of those rums. And after that, I'm have to stop.
1: But that's some incredible discipline because I'm no, uh, you know, I'm no expert on this, but one would think that you can't have a sip because it would set you, that night you'd be sitting at a bar. No. I mean, you have to think, I just,
2: I changed my perspective on how I look at drinking. Um, to me, it's like, I don't, I don't want to feel drunk. And so, to me, I, I made myself kind of afraid of that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very cautious of that feeling. So, you know, but I still enjoy the taste of alcohol. I still enjoy the, the camaraderie. I enjoy the, what it brings for people. Um, but for me, you know, I can't. I can't drink.
1: So did, was that, and not to go too far down this road, but I'm just curious, was it a moment for you or was it a long-term, you realized at some point I got to do something where the s- right. switch flipped at one I point? I was a
2: I was a, a hider binge drinker, a secret sipper, as you will. Uh, you know, I was, you know, waking up in the morning and... You know, I'd be in the shower and all I'd be thinking about was when I can get my first drink. And, you know, I'd drive to work and on my way to work, I'd stop by New Seasons and buy some wine or something and go into the bathroom and, you know, chug half the bottle. Then go to work. Yeah, you
1: kind of know when you're, you got a problem when you're so yeah, you bathrooms.
2: Know, yeah, so <laughs> it's just like one of those things where I was like, you know, trying to get whatever, you know, just to get the shakes gone or just to make it feel like I could be normal or active and not like just thinking about the drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pretty addictive personality when it comes to certain things. And alcohol was, you know, it was ruling my life and destroying my family. And so uh, I was working at Trifecta at the time and it was a Thursday and I called up Ken Forkish and I was like, you know, first off, every restaurant owner has said to you, if you ever, ever, ever have a problem, like come to me first and we'll figure out how to solve it. And every restaurant has always said that about, and about drug use, about alcohol use. And so I decided that I was going to play the card and do it. And so I called up Ken and I said this to him. And he just was like, number one, so supportive. Just said, oh, man, that's, that sucks so bad. Whatever you need, just do it. Take care of yourself. And then, you know, I reached out to some other friends of mine and they got me into a rehab clinic. And I took off for 45 days. Left my family for 45 days. and
1: Wow. You know, How long ago was that? It wasn't too uh, long ago. Oh,
2: no, it was over th- almost four years ago. <laughs> right. But- yeah.
1: It's in this decade, because yeah, it's in this decade. Because I was just <laughs> just noting trifecta's uh, history.
2: Right, we were the I was the opening bartender, over there.
1: Oh, you were. Yeah, I have. We've had Ken on the on the podcast. He's just a really. I think he's a great guy. Oh, he's a hell of a guy. Yeah, so, super cool. And uh, so, do you think a lot of a lot of restaurant owners or chefs would say that and um, not necessarily stand behind? You played the card, and he and he played the game.
2: Uh, I think most of them would. I think if they value their employees, which they should nowadays, and I think most restauranteurs nowadays realize that the health and well-being of their employees is paramount to their restaurant succeeding.
1: Right, but also a 45-day absence is a rough thing. Well, I didn't for... go back
2: to trifecta. It's not All like right. he held my job for me. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. All right.
2: No, he hired someone else as soon as he could. I just, you know, I, I basically did that thing where I bounced on him like right. day day before service. I was like, I can't make it. Like, I got to take care of myself.
1: Well, at least you explained it and didn't just not show up or be in denial and give him some right. bullshit. And, you know. and
2: I'm, you know, I'm so fortunate that he's, he's welcomed me back with open arms and the fact that like every restaurant has welcomed me back. Cause usually when you do that, you get blacklisted in this town. Right. Um, but. Well,
1: I would say you've made a, sh- not that I'm any, arbit- any, any uh, authority on this, but that seems to me to be a lot of progress to have gone through that and now do what you do. And do it well. Yeah, with, man, with it passion. took
2: a it took someone to take a chance on me. It took Kyle and Naomi at Expatriate. They were my first job back after like two year or about a year and a half of like I was working at Pro Vista, and trying to find other jobs. And I'd I'd tried to get restaurant jobs, and no one would touch me. And then Kyle and Naomi, they took that chance on me.
1: Wow! And Expatriate is w- absolutely one of my favorite places to go and hang out. Right. and sit at that bar. They um,
2: they have crushed it.
1: Right. They really so have. what
2: Kyle has done is is built as far as an atmosphere is something really special. Naomi's crushed it with the food, um, but that atmosphere, like it's Kyle Webster's, what he's done. That's just him in that place, mm-hmm. and I love it.
1: And but your the list of places that you gave us that you have been are pretty damn cool. So you like the you? I think you you either contribute to that vibe because you have consulted. You said that right, um, but. Uh, all of them are really kind of cool places to hang out. That that I would say, my criteria is always: what would I tell someone who's in town for a day or two where to go? Right. Expatriate is the first bar I will take anybody to. Sure. And I've done that plenty of times. Um, but the others are Pock Pock, Jacqueline, Long Vaughn, and uh, Subtle Lodge. I feel like I discovered Subtle Lodge and Boathouse before its current.
2: Oh yeah, probably. Form. Most people, a lot of people did.
1: Yeah, Um, I was there a few years ago. I bought a Groupon or something. Right. And they they honored it? Yeah. Oh, great. We had one of those cabins, like the really nice... The big ones? The the big big
2: deluxe ones? Those things are amazing.
1: I know, but I think it was like... I don't know what they're charging I now. I
2: did it again. I did it amazing again. Yeah. See, <laughs> but,
1: but if nothing else, we've made you, you said you have an addictive personality. Not like you think I know. That I'm word. just gonna
2: walk around and say it all the time.
1: So it's a it's just it's not necessarily a public service, but if we can if we can work magic, <laughs> individual by individual, we're gonna
2: do it. I'll stop calling myself out on it soon.
1: No, yeah, it's it's all right. I'm glad you noticed. But the subtle Lodge, I, it's it's elevated now. I don't know who the new owners are, but I've heard a lot of. Portlandy buzz about it, which I right. never heard before. So we went, I don't remember what it was, but I, knowing me, that Groupon was probably 250 bucks and we got two or three nights there. That's a steal. I know.
2: That's a steal.
1: I know. And I got to take my dog. I mean, my just, dog.
2: even if there's not food and drink out there, there's the lake.
1: Yeah, there was nothing. The food and drink was not the star. We were going no. into sisters.
2: I mean, you go to Subtle Lodge just to drink out of the, you know, the God's bottle. That's what it's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Subtle Lodge is to me, if I could have made that work and that situation work, that was probably one of the happiest times of my life. And it would have worked for my family. I would have stayed out there.
1: So d- explain what you did for Subtle Lodge.
2: I was just a bartender. Oh. So yeah, Sean Horde built the bar program from Teardrop. Um, and I went out to Subtle Lodge as a bartender.
1: And who owns that place now?
2: It's owned by um, the Mighty Union. And those that's the management team, I believe, that's behind the Ace Hotel um Pepe oh yeah so my 250 to seventy
1: two or three nights was pretty incredible because it's for, not that now for
2: then yeah no it's not that now yeah I
1: mean because uh, I thought wow I never heard of it but and, it's
2: not like gonna it's not gonna break your bank either it's super affordable no one realizes that
1: right but I'm um, just I feel like I had never heard of it when I went and then for two or three years I never heard anybody ever mention it again now all of a sudden because they bought it right I'm hearing about it all the time because we, we have people like you who work there and publicists involved, I'm sure. So. They've
2: done something pretty special out there. They've, they've, everyone says it's like, oh, the hipsters are in central Oregon now, but it's not like that at all. You walk out there and you see just how practical everything is and how friendly they've made it for everybody. I mean, the boat rentals to the showers outside to the fact that they're actually bringing the land back to, you know, to take care of it so they get on the Forest Service's good side. Just everything they've done for that area, I mean, they're respecting it 100%.
1: Wow. So since we have, we can't assume everybody knows this, although they can easily go and Google subtle, it's about 10 miles northwest of Sisters. Yeah. Oregon. About 20. 20? Yeah. I'm a fast driver. Yeah, it seems like it goes it takes. Faster. It's like
2: a 30 minute drive
1: from Sisters? Yeah. Okay,
2: you are driving fast. Yeah, you're driving fast, but everybody's yeah. driving fast. It's just like uh, you but know, up and is, down.
1: Man, I, I would, I would bet, I would, if we were sitting at a bar, I would have bet a lot on that to say it's not 30 minutes. But maybe okay.
2: 20, 30. I don't know. All
1: right.
2: Every time I drove, it always seemed longer than it needed to be to get from Sisters to Subtle Lodge. It's usually because of my excitement to get back to Subtle Lodge.
1: All right. It's a be, so there's like a, if I recall about a three mile walk around the it's like subtle three, lake
2: three and a half yeah something and like that and
1: that is that was just incredible and I I'm one to get up early so I got up with the moonrise man mm-hmm. and I got pictures of uh, the moonrise over subtle lake and you know it's one of those one of those Oregon moments
2: yeah I was I mean when I was working out there I would get up around five and I would take a little rowboat out with a little thermos of coffee and I would watch the sun come up in the middle of the lake. You know, smoke cigarettes, drink my coffee, watch the sun come up. It was.
1: It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't, man. Except the cigarettes. That's another one. Yeah. Work on after after (laughs) you get rid of the amazing.
2: (laughs) Work on the cigarettes. Yeah. Give me some time.
1: You think? Do you want to give them up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you sent a picture and it it has a cigarette hanging out. It's just the one. Was that a joint? I couldn't tell.
2: It wasn't a joint. Okay. I wish you know I tried smoking pot again and uh, it doesn't work for me.
1: For in in what respect? Uh, I just don't enjoy it. So, have you tried different strains? Because this is like. See, that's the thing like right there. We I can... don't drink because I didn't like the, the, the wine taste. I, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, you know, I just. I, there's so many different strains and I'm so afraid of them. The paranoia that comes in and the anxiety.
1: Well, so here's the thing not to go in there because this is not your topic and it's not why people are tuning in. <laughs> but here's what's beautiful about it being legal now. Because and, and, you can. And, you can walk in. This is what I discovered. And I stopped for years. I walked in and said, all right, I want something that tastes really good, doesn't take me over the top, and then I can't be paranoid. And so, They give voila. you a CBD strain, right? Exactly. Like C- C- there it is. And it, and it never really affects that much. Right. Um, and I will say this. I, t- I tripped after having a few too many drinks at the, uh, at the Shuck thing uh-huh. um, on Saturday night, the dinner. Yep. And uh, I there's a grate, a grated grate right at the sidewalk thing on, on 22nd where 180 is. Right. And, you know, I was going to walk for an hour. Didn't want to get in my car. And I step right into it. Oh, I'm no. going to bring the story around. Step right into it, fell, rolled my ankle. And I got home and I had one of those CBD gummies. Gone. Like you, play,
2: you ate the gummy? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It, and it has taken care of a huge pain before. So... I'm one who says Jeff Sessions, fuck you, because leave this <laughs> stuff alone. It's uh, it's helpful stuff. Um, I was,
2: you know, I was, I smoked some CBDJs with um, with Kyle. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I can say that, and he doesn't care. The law is not going to come down on me. Um, Isn't and that
1: nice that you don't have to think about these things? It, you is. To think about? Even it is. We've been talking about it on the podcast. I, we did this podcast when it was not legal, and I knew, oh, my kids might be listening, right? Oh, well, now it's I feel like it's like wine. I just it's can't like wait till we can else.
2: get to that day I can talk about the Molly I did camping. That was pretty. <laughs> well, you're talking about it right now. <laughs> I hope my kids are listening. Nobody, to nobody nobody gonna, listens to this podcast. It's that care, important. Right?
1: <laughs> Who uh how old are your kids?
2: Uh see, I've got a 20-year-old.
1: Holy shit. 20-year-old and that. she
2: uh she kind of cut her teeth working at Gino's restaurant. Oh, and now she's in, in Selwood, and now she is working at Laurelhurst Market with us. Nice. Uh, her name is Madison, and then I've got Valentine. He's my five-year-old. Just had a birthday, and Indira, who is my my eight-year-old.
1: That's an endearing name. It That's is a nice name.
2: Mom names the kid. She does a great job.
1: Wow, good. Jo- good. So you've got a you've got a handful. Uh, I was going to say, oh, twenty. You're out of the woods, and no. then no, you're not out of the woods. No, eight and five. Yeah, um, eight and five is is. Uh, not necessarily all consuming like 3 and 4 are right but 8 and 5 is is quite a bit of energy
2: yeah but what are, what else would i want to be consumed by
1: yeah, no no i'm not that, like, i'm not it's, saying it's a bad thing but i'm just saying that you you know you're doing your pop up but you're also you work at laurelhurst yeah, as full, well yeah
2: full time at laurelhurst the pop up
1: I, di- I didn't know it was full time at laurelhurst yeah
2: full time 40 hours a week right. um laurelhurst the pop up long the parenting and then um, and I read fantasy novels.
1: So Longbond is once a week.
2: No, Longbon I only do once a month. Um, so my contract is basically just I go in there on um, the tasting day.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then the next day I bring them five or six cocktails to the table.
1: Oh, and nice. And then they
2: run those throughout the month. Um, usually I bring them those cocktails. And they have a very talented bar manager over at Poddy named John Lewis. Mm-hmm. And John Lewis will go through the drinks. He'll make the drinks. And he'll make some tweaks to them to kind of fit that menu more um, you know, John knows the energy. He knows the style of those drinks more than I do. Uh, my job is to come in there and just make up like the, basically the skeleton of the drinks and then the body will be added later into them.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a nice job. So, and that's, those are some good gigs you have going on. It is. Plus you started to mention books and far be it from (laughs) us or me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put this on you. To actually, start a conversation on books on the podcast. That's never happened. Say
0: so you're talking to the wrong guy here. Yeah, the both it, of us. Is it bad to read? No, no it's, <laughs> it's, it's
1: good to read. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I just you know, and I'm and I date here and there, and often the question is, what are you reading? And uh, so I have started doing quite a bit of reading through Audible.com because I good? just fall asleep. Is it fun? If I open a book up, I'm asleep within four pages, right. five pages, just. It's just my nature um or whatever uh audible is fantastic especially because i drive a lot so what are you listening to now uh <laughs> there you go so there's a, there's that question i'm actually listening to fire and fury which oh is, god which is the book I, which i don't really need to and i figured it was all online anyways everything that you would need uh, to read I about I that i downloaded it on audible but i'll tell you that what i've really enjoyed in the past year and there have been more that i would forget which is good i really like the fact that i've actually I have books to forget right. rather than not have it list. But I really loved uh, Trevor Noah's book that he reads. Okay. See, that to me is a nice perk on the... Oh, he's reading his own book. He's reading his own book. So Who's reading it? Fire
2: and Fury or Fire and Fury? I don't
1: know the guy's name, but he yeah. does a pretty good job, and, it, and it's done with a little bit of uh, sarcasm Sure, it but because I mean, it, has it has to, has to be. be. Yeah, and then... Um, was the other one that I started (laughs) I didn't finish and neither did he al franken's book which was good yeah so uh but I kind of left off on that when this stuff was you
2: you lean more towards the the current current events politics yeah
1: well I just I like biographies right I like to read that I if I'm gonna I suppose I should Re- listen to or read novels? I stopped doing that. Yeah, um, you just do what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, do you're everyone... reading. You're reading uh, fantasy books. I'm reading a fantasy yeah, book right yeah. now. Thank you for pulling that away from and ask, yeah. and asking our guest what he's reading.
2: I'm reading a, I'm reading a fantasy book. And so
0: is that
1: normal?
2: F- no, no. Usually, um, I just kind of read what I want to read, whatever seems to grab my interest the most. Hmm. Um, I like fiction the most. Um, that's usually what I kind of gravitate towards. And every once in a while, I need to go on a journey and that's where you know fantasy comes
1: into sure. play. So, if I were I don't think I've ever read fantasy. Uh-huh. So, can you give me a um a reason why I should
2: read y- fantasy? Yeah. Oh, it's just escapism. Well, I mean, you just
1: did, I guess.
2: So, yeah, it's escapism. It's a lot of times the the idea of the fantasy novel can connect really well with current events. Okay. And that can help.
1: See, that's what I need. If it's something that I can't connect with and it's happened 800 years ago. I'm and not that yeah. I don't like history, but I just somehow lose interest in yeah, it. After I don't need a while.
2: to, I don't need to read a book about, you know, how Columbus colonized America. Like, that's not interesting. To
1: I'd me. be more interested in that than a, f- f- than a uh adaptation of that, of that or what uh, was going on. Like I'm, uh, that Revenant
2: book it. was pretty good. Those are pretty fun. Okay. And so those kinds of old fiction books, and there was one uh, great one, Written by Dan Simmons about, um, it was a fictional take on the the Shackleton expedition, which was terrific. Hmm.
1: So how often do you read? Because you've got all this stuff going on. Uh, every time I go to the bathroom. That's it. It's all in the pretty bathroom. pretty much my
2: reading time. Or any time I come to an appointment, I'm always early so that I can... Uh,
1: are you actually holding a book or are you doing it on your phone? What, are reading? You... Yeah, do you... Oh, it's,
2: all, it's actually holding a book. <laughs>
1: See, he's got a book right there. I, when
0: I went and got him today, he was... Yeah, it was folding couple a couple chapters page. in. Yeah, holding uh, a page when
1: yeah. you. I gotta do that because it just looks good too. to <laughs> Have a book on you. <laughs>
0: Depends I, on the book, I guess. I was guess. very impressed. I'm like, oh man, he's <laughs> all, uh, this guy's already smarter than me.
2: He's <laughs> I don't know a book. about that.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I feel I'm very self-conscious about it, and this is not about me. I'm gonna, Court, you don't have to take this away, but my mom was read a book a day, and it didn't, it did not.
2: That's too much time.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't have that time. She had, she had too much time, but it never really, it never really caught on with me. I, and I enjoy a book when I read it and I'm enjoying this, but at any rate, so that's a big, so are you a TV watcher? Uh,
2: You know, I watch, I watch more shows on my phone than anything else. We don't have a TV at home. Um, We each have a phone and a tablet and every once in a while I get sucked into like some show. Like what? Uh, like right now, it's this one on show t- or Show Stars called Counterpart. Mm-hmm. I think is the name with the guy that was uh, I forget his name, the actor J.K. Simmons. There it is, J.K. Simmons. That show I w- is amazing. It's terrific. It's like three episodes deep, right? And yeah,
0: three or f- three or four. In fact, I was trying to get my wife to watch it with me because, and this isn't going to give anything away, but J.K. Simmons plays two characters that are the same guy in alternate reality. Right. And the way he plays them, you can look at just the, his just the way he carries How himself. He holds himself right. He's strong and he, he's weak. He doesn't even have to say anything, and you know which reality guy he is. And I right. was just like, this is unbelievable.
2: And you don't think of him as like a an action hero until you see him running with a gun, right? And you're like, oh, the guy's actually yeah. limber for that, a and, sixty and then, year old. Yeah, and
0: then you flip to the other channel, and he's hawking uh, farmers insurance,
2: and you're like, okay. Or yeah, or like telling <laughs> someone to play drums. Yeah,
0: it, 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 the guy is unbelievable in counterpoint. Wow. Yeah, counterpoint. So, Thank so you.
1: how I I have a feeling I know how not how you did. How did you find out about that show? i have never heard of it. Uh, and I so have you're Amazon are not watching Prime. a lot of TV? Okay, so, so it comes up as a so I just flip on the Amazon
0: Prime and I Sorry. get like... Counterpart. Counterpart. That makes more sense. So. Counterpart.
2: It's just about, you know, I'll, I'll go... I do that thing everybody does where, you know, they go on Netflix, they go on Amazon Prime and they sit for an hour looking for what they're going to watch. <laughs> um, nine times out of ten, I'll just like pick something that, you know, has some good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and I'll just watch that and get sucked into it. Oh, good. So I like those uh, critic sites that kind of like... Collect everybody else's reviews and give you an average.
1: Yeah, like those are, yeah. I never know. I never know how to figure out. I should ask you, Court. You, you, you have good recommendations. I. It's, it's why I start Portland you, Food Adventures. Yeah. Chefs telling you where to go. So I have to. Just consult with the TV experts. Yeah, you you stuff.
0: recommend the food. I'm pretty good at recommending TV. Yeah,
1: yeah. I should I should be listening more. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe we should have you do like a monthly TV sure eating eating while you're watching TV thing. There you what, go. Would be good. Yeah. What, what you should be eating while you're watching this particular show. Pairing. What a
0: lonely podcast. Right? That would be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're good. We're pretty good. My at lonely, only podcast.
0: My only suggestion would be is we we've I found myself in the worst habit of watching TV with my phone in my hand. And the next thing I know I'm 30 minutes in and I've been texting as well. Oh, yeah. And I, and I have to go back and rewatch it. It's just like, put, just do one thing at a time. Yeah, All the time. I don't think you're the only one. On I, I think one. that's why reading is probably so good. Cause you can't do anything. else. But if you
2: reading. saw me like five minutes before you walked into that room, I was reading with my phone sitting right but here. Maybe. Okay. You know, I was doing them both because I was. You didn't have to tell texts. me that part. This so.
1: guy's not in denial. He's <laughs> got it. All, he's got it all figured out. Um, but I would. I would bet. Uh, I do that too. You were, it, we're not the only ones. The phone dis- distracts oh, you yeah. from everything. Yep. Nowadays, and that's why I was asking if you read on your phone. At least it's there. But Sometimes then the notifications I have, come. I have come books
2: up. on my phone, um, but I can't read it because it's too small. Yeah, you know I'm getting older.
1: You got an old iPhone?
2: I, well, yeah, I have an old iPhone because yeah. I, you know, I'm not technology savvy when it comes to things.
1: I don't think I don't think today is about being technology savvy. It's just the, you know, everybody's got technology now. So.
2: Right, and everyone wants to figure out a way to get out of technology, but
1: oh, I think they just talk it because it sounds better. Yeah, but look how awesome is being seen with a book. I mean, look at
2: the great things we have on our phones. It's yeah. fantastic. It,
1: they're magical. I got no, I got no qualm with it, but I would like to spend less time. With we all would I'd right. like to put it down when I'm watching TV it's, right. the, it's the ADD or, yeah. factor yep. so um, I actually dropped on my way here today phone dropped out of the holster and fell on the on the floor Did you panic and I he, immediately <laughs> you're like well I guess I'm going to try to pick that up now while I'm driving and then I thought you know I thought of the scene from uh, Albert Brooks's movie um, where he is in the sob grabbing the C- CD and that was the end of his life Defending mm. Your Life oh I sure it yeah was. And I thought I'm not going to repeat that, so I waited until I actually parked to right. pick up my phone. Why did I need it? I don't know. But why it's, don't
2: we why don't we all put our phones in our trunks before we go? That's what we should do.
1: It won't happen. I mean, why don't we yeah. do that?
2: It's it was such a simple thing. It's like having a safe in your house to put your phone in when you walk in the house for a couple hours. Right. But we don't do it.
1: Yeah, and there's a law, and it doesn't doesn't do it.
2: So well, they've bypassed the law. Now we have dashboard things, and you know, on steering wheels, way to contact people.
1: Yeah. No, and, and, it, and I don't think the law does any good because I got to tell you, I look to my right and my left and I see people on their phones all and the texting time. all the time. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's working um, or has worked yet. So, um, Shipwreck is kind of new. You've been doing it about a year? About
2: a year. March will be a year.
1: Okay, cool. And, um, and you mentioned that new things are what everybody's looking for in Portland, and I've certainly, right. you can observe that. What plans do you have to anchor it a little bit? Or do you have plans to anchor it? We do. And and what are those?
2: I think we're going to keep fostering the idea that we've been doing. Um, so when we get an anchor bar, we are still going to invite people in. And for pop-ups, we're going to invite guest chefs. We're going to invite guest bartenders. Um, we're definitely going to have our own vibe to things. But I think one of the beauties of Shipwreck is the fact that we can all – It's a, we are truly doing the community thing. Like, uh,
1: who makes your – who? when you talk about popcorn shrimp and – Who's doing that? Who's making that?
2: Well, usually my friend Neil... Well, it started off with Jake Stevens. Jake Stevens was our our main chef. And he was the guy that kind of wrote the recipes and did it all. And Jake Stevens was the chef de cuisine over at Beast before Lucian took over. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was there for about three years. And he kind of spearheaded all the food for Shipwreck. I gave him him the prompts. I gave him the ideas. He came back with the recipes. We tried them out. They turned out to be a big hit. Neil trained um, our friend Neil... Or, sorry... Jake trained our friend Neil to do it all. Neil is a cook over at Lowerhurst Market. I also worked with him at Expatriate. He's kind of like the backbone of the kitchen at Expatriate. Like he's the guy that runs and grabs everything, he understands how it all works. He's a hell of a cook. He's young, but he's a hell of a cook. Um, so Neil has been doing our food at Shipwreck. Um, when we don't do our own food, we've just been using or inviting other chefs to come in and kind of like spearhead their idea. Um, and I'll, so this is
1: what you're doing in February, and this is your – is this your anniversary thing? Is that what you're
2: – Yeah, well, March is dining month, so we're not really going to pick up an, uh, an event in March, we found right. out. So we just kind of called this our our one year because we started talking about it last year.
1: Okay, so, so now that we're on the topic, let's talk about what you're doing at Chileno. Sure. Um, which, you know, half of the people listening to this podcast here. will hear it the week it's it's happening. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other half will it will have already occurred, but it's just an indicative of a cool thing happening in Portland. Right. So
2: So um, we're taking over Chilino for five or for four days. Um Chilino is gonna go on a break, which I think most restaurants should do after being open for a year. They should, you know, sit back and, and assess. Assess and just and have relax. And relax for Christ's sake. Just enjoy yourself. Right. Um, so Chilino has offered us the space for four days. And so we're going to hold um, five different pop-ups in four days. Shipwreck's going to take care of all the cocktails, along with a, a guest bartender for each day. The guest bartender will be drinking, bringing two to four drinks per day. And then the food will all be taken care of by different chefs. So every single day will be like a different restaurant.
1: And okay. you're having Benny in, correct? So
2: yeah, we're having... Um, ben- on the. Ben
1: Bettinger, sorry, yeah, we right. can't Benny, assume that people just know who Benny is. Benny Bettinger, or Jack Benny's going to show up.
2: Um, so, <laughs> 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 their first day is so. Simpatica is going to be doing brunch again. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to rebrand themselves. It's going to be called La Luna Cafe. I believe they're going for a more healthy sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, generation Fit is real, and it's not going anywhere, right? Um, so, we're going to have. La Luna for brunch with a guest bartender, we Brandy Feet, who was the uh, bar manager over at Headwaters and now moving on to Palomar.
1: And by the way, that's a pretty cool idea, healthy food. No one's jumped on that. I mean, people have. I mean, I feel
2: like it's all there is, right? But, I mean, yeah, you have...
1: but no one's really uh, elevated it to this is our complete theme, unless it's vegan or something like that. So they've but...
2: got a huge back ground in this. Like Jason Owens was vegetarian for a long time mm-hmm. and he really he he's a very healthy person. His wife is a naturopath and she's kind of like <laughs> able to give her two cents in about what it is that people should eat or drink for this certain ailment or things like that. I don't think that's the vibe they're going for, but hey, I mean, it's
1: got to be but it's got to be that's what I'm, yeah, they're not going to be doctor doctor. I mean, that's, I mean everyone
2: wants to. Look at Naomi with her other side of the sword. Like it's it is the restaurant It's the chef's and the restaurant owner's kind of responsibility at a certain point in their careers to start, you know, saying, oh, let's do this now. Mm -hmm. Like, take care of people. Yeah, Um, So they're going to do Sunday brunch. Then Sunday evening, um, based off of a conversation or a a link or a tweet or whatever it was, what do you call it? Instagram, a feed. Yeah, A feed that you oh, had mine. started. Yeah, yours had started. That's how we met. That's right. It was, right. This,
1: was the uh, fried chicken So you said that we the, just recorded.
2: Well, you said the idea. And so the idea hit and I was like, yeah, let's get, it's kind of stem the idea because I've worked with Don over at Burger Stevens before and I go to Basilic all the time. It's right down the street from Lorehurst. It's my got my favorite chicken sal- salad.
1: Is it, By the way, do you know the correct pr- pronunciation? Basilisk. Basilisk. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because Andy was just on and we were trying to... It's decide, a basilisk. Yeah. <laughs> decide what it was. Okay, cool. So they're going to collab. So that's pretty cool. And I wanted to get involved and do a Portland Food Adventures thing, but you already got enough going on and... Well, maybe and, in the future. And, and <clears throat> what's really cool about that feed is two podcasts came from that. Right. Just one little Instagram post. It's a funny world. Right. Um. And so we just did a fried chicken cr- sandwich crawl. So we... Kind of I was gonna them.
2: walk up to uh, Burger Stevens and get the fried chicken today.
1: There you go. There, and that started with Court just saying, "Go get it."
2: Yeah. So how was it?
1: It's always good.
2: Yeah.
0: It's it's awesome. Yeah. The guy's no, great.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it, it's a good thing to do after this podcast. It's a fantastic. I might right. run over there with you, um, and then um, and then meeting you, yeah. came of that. We, we were just talking on the feed and. So th- so that's very cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to kick that's you. That's all right. Um, okay, so go on. So then Monday, we're going to
2: be, uh, oh yeah, Sunday bartender is Natasha um, Hill over at Raven and Rose. She's mm-hmm. the guest bartender. How long has she been there? I think I I've met not, her. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I think maybe three years, two, three okay, years, yeah, no, I'm like that. okay. that. She's made quite the mark. So Natasha will be running the bar there, doing the guest bartender for that day. I've just got her cocktails. They sound pretty rad. And then um, Monday will be Astral, who will be popping up. And Gary likes those. He talked to you about those guys once, I believe. They mm-hmm. were popping up in the beast space for a little while. Um, John and Lauren. They're going to be, they're Park Avenue Wines, and she's the pastry chef at Coquine.
1: Oh, that's a good thing. So, so those two. So, and th- those are some great people. So, but, but these that you're talking about are, bear no resemblance to the initial shipwreck events that you had at Jacqueline. Then. No, you're this compl- time
2: we're letting people commandeer, or commandeer our kitchen and do their food they want to do. We're going right. to go back to our shipwreck food. Okay. But part of the, the shipwreck idea was always to be a lab in kind of like a... But like, I'm not
1: going to get popcorn shrimp if I... Not that. for these
2: four events. Okay. Yeah, there's no popcorn shrimp happening. People have asked. Okay. But yeah, we're not going to do popcorn shrimp these ones. All right. Um, unless one of these chef hears, well, they're not going to hear this now.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's going to be too late for that. For,
2: maybe it's twenty first, right? Yeah. So maybe they'll
1: see. So you read. You you're, you absorb a lot more. A lot more. Oh. Uh, you did well on your tests Thanks, uh, man. when you were Thanks. younger, right? No. I, really? <laughs> no. Oh, geez, because you can remember it's what I wrote, student. but I don't remember. So. Um,
2: um, so they'll be doing it. Uh, the. Guest bartenders, we're bringing in Graham and Charlie from Expatriate. I used to work with those guys. Graham is no longer a bartender. He's, work, he's living in Seattle doing real estate, I believe. Uh, but he's coming down to work this event with us, which will mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Tuesday is the, the, my excited, the one I'm kind of like, the kind of idea that stemmed all the, this, the whole thing, was me and working with Benny again. Um, I love Ben Benninger. He's probably one of my favorite chefs in Portland right now. I mean, I'm very loyal to the chefs I'm working for. And Benny's food, I just get right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Benny is going to be doing burgers from his youth, burgers and hot dog sandwiches and things that, which is a sandwich if it's put on a bun and cut mm-hmm. the right way. By the way,
1: oh, and a, and a and a hot dog from Van Bettinger is is yeah. You know getting, he's not going to just treat it like hey, I'm I'm boiling dogs and yeah, slabbing some mustard on it.
2: Right, you're getting. I mean, yeah, you're getting a beautiful thing. Yes. So Benny's going to be doing, I think. Five different burgers and two different sandwiches and wow. desserts and sides. And he brought in his best friend from Portland, Maine, who works at the, uh, the Little Giant, which is connected to Portland Hunt and Alpine Club, which is Andrew Volk, who used to run the bar over at Clyde Common with Jeffrey Morgenthaler. So this guy is doing his own restaurant. And so we're bringing this guy, Max, in to be our guest bartender from Portland, Maine. So this is kind of like the Portland to Portland connection.
1: Wow, very nice. Time.
2: And then Wednesday will be Carlo um, from Magna, and then guest oh, oh,
1: that guy!
2: Yeah, that guy. We yeah. like that guy, right?
1: Yeah. No, we just said that because he <laughs> was listening. I wanted to do yeah. that.
2: Oh, that guy! Yeah, he's Car- a, he's a
1: he got a great smile. What a
2: friendly dude!
1: He's also one of the he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah, I really man. like him. I just so,
2: I've only had like three interactions with him, and we've hugged every single one of them. And yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, I met him actually when. He he was pretty new at Clyde Common, right? And we there was they did some kind of event to get people to come in, a happy hour thing, and I met him, and immediately said, "I don't usually do this if I haven't eaten someone's food and I don't know them, haven't heard a buzz about them." Right. So let's do an event because he just you can tell some
2: people got it, you know, right? Some people just
1: exude that. So we we did a PFA with him, and he did. It was his first opportunity to do Filipino food in Portland i believe i i think i'm right on that and everybody loved him and i looked at him and i said man so for me it's like when a chef is on stage right and they their cook their food could be great and most likely is going to be great in this town but when they can command a room with, and make people laugh and tell stories that's car that's,
2: that's that that's the x factor
1: yeah that's what it takes exactly um. it, I saw that with leaf Gildersleeve sleeve with flying fish. So he just oh, did a Portland. Right, right. That guy can command a room. He did command a room. Yeah, and uh, it's it's. Uh, and I told him that. I said, "It's a pleasure to see." He's a super nice guy, helpful, super helpful. Oh God, the nicest, guy, really nice guy. I'm so glad. I, it's it's. You know what? One of the reasons I love doing this podcast and I love doing my Portland food adventures is I meet people like you. I meet people like Leaf, and you get to know him. Right. Otherwise, I just I wouldn't. I wouldn't know that many. It's a great industry, and
2: now I get to Enjoy. go to a. I'm gonna go to a Portland food adventures now.
1: And that just would be so fantastic. we can be, you know, we can
2: be I one on we one. Do
1: one together. Yeah, That'd sure. Be cool. You want to plan it right here on the podcast? yeah right we now? Can, just we can put it together. Put it in writing. Um, I think you said we got five minutes. <laughs> yeah, of course. got five minutes to put
0: it together. Five <laughs> minutes. It to it out.
1: Get, it's been done before. You know, in this world, it's been done by email a lot. Right. Do you find it frustrating because we're talking about technology? Uh huh. Don't you sometimes want to just say, can we have a conversation and knock this out in a five-minute conversation? Every... I know, and I know a lot of people say, well, Chris, you're not capable of having a five-minute conversation. But <laughs> uh, So there's that. But um, I Every just... meeting I
2: have for Shipwreck is done face-to-face.
1: Yeah, or um, I've, or I've face-to-face. Re- I
2: refuse to do it by email.
1: Yeah, because you get little pieces of it done, and it takes two weeks to get done. Be done also, in...
2: you can't read the the, the tone. Like, look at the, the... Right the back and forth you and I had, where you, the last thing you oh, sent yeah. me was, I was supposed to put an exclamation uh, so it sounded friendly and not uh, frightening. Uh, a
1: smiley face, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh... Absolutely, you can't do that. And also, you don't get the uh, huge advantage of, hey, what about this idea? No. When you're talking.
2: Right, I that... want the immediate, immediate back and forth.
1: Right, and you can, in what we just said in... Thirty seconds would take in, a day and two, but it a day never two. But you'd never have the agreements. Oh yeah, you never have those sorts of things right. in email. I'm really frustrated. I just had one this morning that had to do with something fairly big. I mean, I was trying to generate a conversation back in October, November, and no, nope, had to do it by email. And it you know came back and it's not as much of a
2: yeah. I don't. This is, I don't do the email. I mean, I like to text a lot. I'm more. I I usually hate talking on the phone, and I've actually kind of leaned more towards that now yeah just talking on my phone and having meetings as long as i can talk to someone like this
1: as opposed to a text yeah and we did that too yeah we were going back and forth and i listen we got to talk because you're gonna hate my guts when when we're all (laughs) when all of a sudden i researched
2: you before i talked to you i talked to friends that know you yeah
1: and you actually called (laughs) (laughs) well yeah
2: i I mean i listened to benny what benny said oh okay benny's got a lot of love for you
1: oh yeah i have i obviously i just mentioned i have a lot of Love for him. I don't have a lot of disdain for many people in this town. There are a few. Yeah, and, let's and, not, let's and, say who those are. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want you Someday to do that. Someday we'll do that podcast. That'll be a list. Sure. You're going to you just invite Zussman. It'll be great. And <laughs> there's a guy who just defriended me recently. So, oh, well, well, that's pretty funny that you mentioned him. That was the most recent. And, I, you know, Michael's a nice guy, but we had a. A little bit of a disagreement over, uh, integrity and reviewers and free food and that oh, sort Oh, of that thing. thing again? Yeah, yeah. We, he defriended me over that. Oh, because so.
2: you were probably
1: on Carrie's side. Yeah, and yeah. I... And As you Kerry well, you not should somebody, have been. Yeah, so... Because
2: Carrie has done wonderful things. Carrie and-
1: Young. So, um, yeah, I mean, regardless of what you, how you feel about Carrie, her point was very simple. And this is a whole podcast on this, but, uh... The, well, Michael's point is not so much carries, but Michael feels that anybody who ever takes a free anything from anyone, your integrity is shot. And he called me dirty. He said, you're dirty because you've had you've taken free meals. It's like, dude, I have never posted anything on Instagram because someone either paid me or, you know, and I have gotten free meals and I haven't liked them. And I just don't even say anything. I just walk out. You know, That's I think it. it's
2: easy to stand um, to stand in that perspective, I guess, when. Um, you're paid not to take free meals.
1: Well, yeah, it, but it's a completely different thing as a critic. M- that's a perfect criteria for him. Or a
2: critic, but you're not a critic. I'm you're not a critic. You're just a lover of
1: and, food. And neither is Carrie, no. although his point with Carrie is she does get paid. So, and I understand that, um, and, and I get paid indirectly, right? So if I go in and posted something from last night, you're on this podcast, right? I don't know if I'm getting paid, but it's an indirect but, quid pro quo. Quo I guess I glad you're coming on and I might post something that you do. Michael's point would be that's that's against FTC law. You need to disclose that you had him on your podcast.
2: Right. And I don't understand where the where the line is because I think Carrie is she's not she's getting paid to help people trump up business for themselves. Like Burgerville.
1: Right. But know. I also think here's here's my and I I don't know exactly what the law is on this. I could be it has nothing to do with this. But I also don't think she would post something for, she would work with somebody that she thinks sucks, right? That she didn't have belief in.
2: So, why would she put herself in that position? Right. I don't think exactly.
1: anybody would. And I, would, I don't either. I never put myself in the position to have to tout something I don't like. Now, have I said a few things about dishes I've had with chefs that I'm not crazy about? Yeah, because that's fair. Their food is good. This is about the food right now. Right. And so, yeah, I've said nice things. Have I not posted something because I think they're a dick? Yeah, probably that, even if their food has been good. But it's like...
2: That's fine. I've, I've gone through and tasted all sorts of chef's food that I've had talks with about doing a shipwreck. And it just never came, came to because maybe it didn't work. Like, the food wasn't what I wanted to stand behind.
1: Right, exactly. So, I mean, But that's part of, you know, I think, I think the benchmark for a critic... Is, hot, is different than for the rest of the world. The, the, the world has changed. You can't use that critic criteria on everybody. Right. And the world has changed. And I also think, uh, if, and I doubt Michael's listening to this, but if he were, I'd say, it, 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 well, not even for him, but a, the critic's place in the food world has been diminished by all the social media. People are now paying attention to their friends more than they are someone they don't know. That's,
2: that's why they're called influencers.
1: Exactly. And, and that's the, the other part of it that's and because no one d- wants
2: to read in negativity anymore critics i mean for the most part can um well i mean they're not all negative some are great there's some great critics out there right
1: but the negative things bother me because but the trolling business, has to end yeah you're the, put, you're putting something out of business that's a whole nother issue but the trolling ends when you defriend somebody so that's
2: uh, it doesn't though i mean who knows what he said about you
1: <laughs> well that's true and i'm saying something but i'm not saying it you know i I, I, You know, I say- love
2: I love Michael. I've known Michael for a long time. He was a huge supporter of me when I went into rehab, even so much as to reach out a couple times and see if I wanted to go to meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael's been great. He's just, you know, this whole thing with Kerry, to mm-hmm. me, that's the first time I've ever been like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, why is this happening?
1: Right. Well, I think he got his back up on it. And again, I have a lot of respect for Michael, too. I happen to disagree with him on this one and called him, to the carpet. And, and part of my argument, the, the last thing I said that caused the defriending was I said, Hey, you accept, I work for the auto show. I do some things for the auto show. I gave him a free ticket to the auto show. And I said, Hey, Michael, now that I've given, now that you took a free ticket to the auto show, does that preclude you from ever discussing cars again on the, on, Insta, on Facebook or oh, wherever you go? Well, and that was it. That so, was it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you
0: checking him right now.
1: No, no, I was just gonna say <laughs> so you're on
0: Facebook. <laughs> ironically, no, but ironically, though, he defriended you. He f- just friended me over the weekend. So, was, oh, just putting that out there. That's uh. interesting. Okay. I'm not on
2: Facebook anymore. So
0: smart, yeah. so
1: yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah, I would well, that's another thing, you know, getting rid of your phone. Love to cut my time down on that. But I also have some great things that happen because of Facebook. So, I,
2: I feel only great things have happened with Instagram for me. Okay. Like Instagram has been wonderful. Cool. And
1: this is one. This interview was one. Yeah, Instagram. I hope, I hope you thought it was great. I, don't, yeah, I great. did. So let's, uh, let's hope everybody, I'm sure everybody else does, and they'll listen. Uh, they'll tell their friends to listen. Right. Listen and stop into a shipwreck. How do people find you?
2: Instagram, ShipwreckPDX. Um, ShipwreckPDX is the Instagram, at ShipwreckPDX, plus our website.
1: Oh, well, wait, no, it's just app. Oh, it is. Oh, right. So
2: yeah, we're at ShipwreckPDX. Right. There's another shipwreck in Portland, it's a clothing store.
1: Okay, so you um, don't want to go and get the drinks there. No, the you don't want to go get
2: your drinks there, but you can go buy some really nice vintage clothes. Cool, you guys
1: should cross-promote each other. Sure, we I think they would be not be like it. <laughs> they would love that. I don't know. All right, cool. Thank you. Right at the Fork
0: is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at com.